Welcome back, EDM champions. This week, we'll be talking about new music from people like Skrillex, Vintage Culture, and RL Grime, as well as digging into Insomniac's new venture, Vibe, and a very pertinent question from a listener. Samir, we've got lots to discuss, so let's not waste any more time and get right into it. Hey, yo, what the heck is good, EDM champions? It is so great to be back for episode 156 of our podcast, Beyond the Beats, a podcast about EDM news and culture. You know, we love electronic music. Uh, mm-hmm. It's something that Alec and I are just absolutely obsessed with. You know, we've been doing this show. You know, we, we just want to get discussions going about what's going on in the dance music scene, you know, having some fun, playing some dope tunes, and just, you know, being here for the lulls, being here for the laughs. That's what it's all about, baby. All right, here we go. It's my turn for the on repeat. Super, super excited about this track. Like, no shit. Like, it came out in, like, 2019, I think it was. I can't remember. But um, I recently just rediscovered my love for Dog Blood, which is the Skrillex oh, and dude. Boys Noise yes. project. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I, I just, <laughs> I, I can't get over their tunes, man. I mean, the electro intensity of what they do is just so fire. And then this track right here, Break Law. This track, in of itself, for in my opinion, is a five out of five speechless. Like I really, really mm. love this track a lot. So, EDM champions, my on repeat this week is Dog Blood with their track Break Law. Take a listen. What a fantastic way to kick off this week's episode. I mean, we need more dog blood. I'm not going to lie. We need more of it. Dude. What's going on? Where is it? Listen. We need more of it. Santa, I'm making my Christmas list, all right? (laughs) Okay. I want 100 Bitcoins, okay? I want um, Ford Mustang Mach-E, okay? Wow. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) And... I want the new Dog Blood EP, okay? Like, that's all I want. Is that so much to ask for this holiday season? You know? What no, the hell, I man? Think I think it's quite accomplishable. I really do. I think it's <laughs> very you, accomplishable. Dude. But the question is, have you been naughty or nice? I, I think I've been very, very nice, okay? I think I've been very okay. nice. You know, I've... Uh, I haven't really changed too many of my habits this year, I feel like, but I feel like I've been, a, I feel like I've been generally a pretty nice guy, you know what I mean? So I deserve the 100 Bitcoins, my Ford Mustang Mach-E, and this Dog Blood EP, okay? There you go. You heard it here first. Samir deserves that. Have you been naughty or nice, EDM champions? you got to think about that. What are you asking the Santa for? Don't message me because I don't give a shit. All right. <laughs> moving onwards. New music, baby. We've got so much to talk about. And, uh, you know, before we dive into a, a new tune from Skrillex, it's not Dog Blood. Right, there's a new tune he put out there, kind of this hyper pop style. 
Uh, Samir, give us a rundown on how we do this section. Here on Beyond the Beats, we have our very own unique rating scale, and it ranges from levels 1 through 5. Level 1 is what we call One Listen. It's where you listen to a track and you're probably never ever going to listen again, but you're encouraging other people to give it a listen. Level 2 is what we call background noise. It's when a song comes on, it's playing in the background, you're not going to really do anything with it, you might be doing other things, you're not too bothered by it, but it's there to keep you company. Level 3 is what we call turn it up. It's when a song comes on, you grab the volume knob and you turn it up. Level four is what we call Just Bought Tickets. It's when you listen to a piece of music, you listen to an artist, and you immediately look up the next time that they're coming to your town and you gotta buy those tickets. And level five is Speechless. It's just you and the music. The song transports you into another world and literally leaves you speechless. So to recap, level one is one listen, level two is background noise, level three is turn it up, level four is just bought tickets, and level five is speechless. Let's get back to it. Alrighty, first track, Skrillex, 100 Gex. I, okay, have you heard about this this group is it a duo yeah is that what it is it, before it's a duo 100 gex is a duo um uh-huh. you know dabbling not even dabbling but like really like kind of putting their own spin on the hyper pop sound you know and now to see them teaming up with skrillex i got some thoughts bro but you, you gotta lead that's in the track big. man you gotta lead in the track let's go yeah that's pretty big that's pretty big so they teamed up for a brand new track called torture me is it torturous or is it pleasurable or is it a bit of both let's see give it a spin I don't know, man. Am I getting older? Am I getting jaded? Because I did not like this. I didn't like this song. You are getting older and more jaded, but I think in this instance, it's fair enough. So uh, continue. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Uh, I'm going to be 29 in a couple of weeks. It's kind of crazy to think. But um, you know, on, on both fronts, I just think that this track was just way too all over the place, like with no direction, man. Like hyperpop is cool sometimes. Mm hmm. But I didn't love it in this instance. And, you know, I got to say, I feel like Skrillex really didn't do much here besides just drop some of his sort of classic sounds and samples from some of his other tracks. So, I again, it's like, I know we got the Skrillex sound in there, but it just repurposed, you know, he just repurposed some of his older tracks as samples. And Dude, yes, I know. I was like, purple Lamborghini yes, all over again, ex- right? Exactly, <laughs> exactly, man. Exactly. Thank you. And then... You know, the song also clocks in at less than two minutes. So, you know, mm. are we also experiencing the TikTok effect here as well? I don't I know. So. Overall, level one out of five, one listen, never picking this up again. What do you think? Look, you know, I, I sometimes like a little torture, but this was too torturous for me. It wasn't even, there was no pleasure that came out of this for me. For I sure. just did not enjoy it. Is this what the kids are listening to these days? If so, what the fuck has happened? What's going on? Like what I, I I'm not a fan of like it's just annoying. I found it really, really annoying. And then the only probably somewhat good parts were were the sampled old Skrillex songs until I realized like, wait a minute, he's just recycling old beats and old stuff and putting it into this track. So maybe there's a mark out there. I don't know, but for me it's a it's a one lesson, level one out of five. 
there's definitely there's definitely a market out there for it, and I don't think it's us. But TikTok. I'm just being honest. Yeah, yeah. TikTok. I, I don't. I I'm just being honest here about how I felt about that track. But dude, let's keep it moving, bro. Because we got a banger. I I feel like we got a banger coming up. I'm excited to hear your thoughts. Okay. But let's go, man. Yeah. Let's go. Let's do it. Vintage culture. Brand new track called Fractions. Let's give it a spin. First played at EDC Vegas in 2021, Vintage Culture, back-to-back Solardo, if I recall correctly, from the 1001tracklist.com uh, profile on this track. And we're finally getting this absolutely incredible song from Vintage Culture. I mean, he has been teasing this in his sets. Uh, it's been getting rinsed by a lot of other DJs in the tech house space, in the house music space. I gotta say, like, the main lead, it's so catchy. It's so simple, but it's incredibly impactful. Like, it keeps a lasting impression. And, you know, that's how powerful a catchy main lead can be, you know? The pianos sprinkled throughout are bright and clean. The percussion, it feels like Brazil. I feel like we're really witnessing the best from vintage culture here. And so I'm a big fan of this track, man. Level four out of five, just bought tickets. This is a Ooh. great, this is a great track. What did you think? Damn, damn. Good, good thoughts on that. I mean, this is a very clean track, right? It's catchy, it's clean, and it's got some oomph in it. And you could really tell where it's from, right? You can tell it's from that the South American diaspora. Mm-hmm. You, you could just tell it's got that that Brazilian base, but kind of tech house fusion in there. It's interesting to see and track the progression of vintage culture sound, right? Used to be much more heavily based than just you know pure Brazilian base, and is now coming into this very you know more melodic spin on a lot of tech house, right? And it's just. It's just really neat to see him come into his own and start cultivating his sound and leading kind of a charge on this is how we're going to make Tech House more interesting, right? And I and I think this yeah. is one of those tracks. It's not my absolute favorite of all time, but I think this is a solid track that can be played in pretty much any type of set. And it's, it's a very versatile one. Play at the beginning, the middle, the end. And so for that reason, it's a level three out of five from me. Just turn it up. Right on, man. Right on. Okay, let's keep the let's keep the tunes coming, man. Let's keep the tunes coming. I'm really excited about this this collab that just dropped from R.L. Grime and Nero. That's right. So just in case you miss it, it's R.L. Grime and Nero teaming up for a brand new track called Renegade. Let's give it a listen. I got to say, this is like the best of both of these artists coming together here, man. I mean, Nero really bringing those powerful and impactful vocals. Arl Grime just really doing his damn thing with that trap shit. Uh, the percussion it's, the percussion is seriously so great on this song. Like everything is very, very clean. And when you listen to trap, especially Arl Grime, especially Sable Valley tracks, like you are really looking for like super, super hard hitting snares like really deep kicks that just sound bright, but also have like that tail end. And the progression of this song is also just so well done. Like I'm incredibly impressed by what Arl Grime and Nero have done with their track Renegade. Level four out of five, just bought ticks for me. What did you think? Oh dude, what a rating on that one. You know, I agree with you. I think just this is an example of how to collaborate, right? You can hear 
each other's influence in there yes. and it's just really well done and into a nice cohesive interplay between the two different types of sounds and, and they're, they're synergistic there we go we haven't used one of the uh drinking terms let's in go quite a while. dude let's so synergy, go baby i'm drinking some wine right here so cheers to everybody at home my Listen hands are empty right choice. now man otherwise i would have uh, joined you on that well i'm cheering i'm cheering everyone else at home there we go. but you but you know what man very solid track uh not too much more to say than other than the fact that this is a one of those where it's like as i listen to it more often i actually end up enjoying it a bit more each time for sure uh, there's different you kind of just lock into certain elements that you really enjoy in the track and you know you just find different things there's, there's depth to it which is really nice to see kind of like a nice red wine so there we go hey, nice red wine level three out of five from me just turn it up all right there we go there we go man okay one last track we got to cap off the new music section before heading into music culture so where are we going absolutely loud luxury it's a big name they've made waves probably in the last you know what was it when did they break on the scene 2018 2019 2018 i would say 2018 absolutely 2018 something like that so for all the main stage folk this is gonna be a track for you probably so loud luxury teamed up with hook in sling i that's i, I love that i love that name. i just love the name it's amazing it. yeah. such a great name so, but anyways loud luxury hook and sling teamed up for a track called after party is this a song for the afters let's see one time welcome to the after party This is this is kind of a boring song for me, man. I'm not gonna lie. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I really feel like this track needs a remix to just really mm. sort of balance the energy and the energy flow in this song. I'll tell you what I mean, right? Like, I don't know what it was specifically about this track that I found so boring, but the fact that like sort of the main mantra or the main theme of this song is like, welcome to the after party. Like we're about to, you know, you were just at a show. We're gonna kick this shit off to another level at the after party, okay? And I feel like the drop is definitely exciting. But the breaks don't really give you that much to get excited about. Like it just it just feels like the energy fluctuates way too much on this song mm. and it's not a smooth transition into the drop, in my opinion. And to be honest, this kind of feels like a copy of the business from Tiesto. Oh, dude. You know what I mean? Wow. Like the pitch down vocals, sort of the yes. same bass line. Yes, yes, I, you yes. Know, I, this really needs Small a remix. Up. This needs a remix. So level two out of five background noise for me. I'm not terribly impressed. What did you think? Oh man, spot on. That is sound analysis right there. That really does feel like kind of a carbon copy of the business and what Tiesto is doing on his forthcoming yeah. album, which uh, we had some initial thoughts on that. Link to that episode will be in the show notes as well. But, you know, it's like, I I try not to be too harsh actually on, on this one because Loud Luxury and Hook and Sling to a degree, but more so Loud Luxury, really know their market. And this is a song for their market. It's not for the afters type of people that, you know, we are, right? Where we're looking for some underground shit and stuff sure, like that. Sure. They, they, they want songs that are going to be playable on the radio, that people who aren't even really that into dance music are going to be able to bop along to. So, you know, with, with that kind of context in mind, I'm a little bit less harsh on it. However, personally, it's just not my cup of tea. It's, it's a bit generic to me kind of feels a bit cookie cutter a little bit of the same thing that they've they've been doing for a while as well as something that's going on in the the realms of tiesto and things like that like what would you call this new type of house like it, it's you know it's like this pop type of feel to it right but then the drops could be sometimes good and like the drop on this is pretty good but 
overall as a whole package, it's just it's a it's a boring, generic sounding song. I don't know what you would call this. Is it slap out? No, it's not slap house. Is it? Boring house. We'll call it bo- boring, boring, boring house. house. There yeah, we okay. go. Boring go. house. So there you go. Boring house. Level two out of five from me. You heard it here first, ladies and gents. This is boring house. <laughs> right on, man. Right on. Okay. Well, there you go. New new term coined on the Beyond the Beats podcast. Boring house. You heard it here, folks. Tiesto, loud luxury, hook and sling. You are on watch, and many more of you. I know there's a lot of you doing this kind of shit. Cut it out. <laughs> Do something new. Okay, Alec. How did they EDM champions get connected to all the great music that we just talked about, and how did they get connected to us as well? Absolutely. So you got to go to our website for the show notes. That's beyondthebeats.co, and get yourself over to episode 156 for all of the notes for this episode there's just something real quick i want to say too man like i love when people reach out to us on social media and i recently had an edm champion reach out to me on twitter privately through a dm because he was just moving into the bay area and was just asking for club recommendations and like nice. spots and where to go because he wasn't sure what to do and so i sent him probably way too much information i was like all right this place for this place blah 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 blah, blah. but you know i i just love doing that and so if you are interested you have any questions about that you know we're pretty I, I like to say well-versed in the raving world in the States, right? We've been to quite a few cities to go and party. I think so. so if you have any questions, you know, Smith knows a lot more about Southern California now, very heavily integrated in the New York scene as well. Reach out to us. So my personal Twitter is Alec underscore BTB. Samir's is Samir underscore BTB. Uh, the Beyond the Beats Twitter is at pod BTB. And our Instagram is at btb.pod. Yeah, word. What up? And uh, big shout out to everybody, you know, tagging us in their Spotify wrapped. Oh, dude, uh, I yeah, saw a couple tags so nice on there. Like, we're, we're part of their... Dude, that was so sick. Yeah, like, what up to all the EDM champions out there? Thanks for sharing that with us. Uh, the statistics that we got back this year were really, really fascinating as well. I mean, you know, we're in the top 10% of most subscribed shows um, on Spotify, which is That's crazy. Very interesting. I mean, Spotify's been yeah. a big push. You know, we, we've naturally... I mean, I'm sure people listening yeah. to the show probably will see in this too, but Spotify's just made a lot of great... You know, they've come leaps and bounds, right, from where they've yeah. been in terms of... Um, you know, promoting and giving people access to shows and podcasts. And we're certainly on that trend now. I think, the you know, pretty much the majority of our uh, listeners comes from Spotify now, which I at think the so. very beginning was yeah. like nothing. So it's really amazing yeah. to see the shift, right? So like, so it's true. just Apple yeah. Podcasts. Shout out to the OGs at Apple Podcasts. I know you still yes. out there. <laughs> yes, yes, that's right. That's right. Uh, and real quick, I just want to say like the holidays are coming up and you're probably thinking to yourself, you know, what gift do I get for my rave fam, for my rave familia? Like, we're always getting lost the show or at the festival mm. or whatever it may be. Like, you know, little, little rave babies just scattered about. Like, you need a beacon to, to keep everybody together. And I know exactly how to get that beacon that you can wave high up in the air. Fest flags, F-E-S-T-F-L-A-G-S dot com. Festival flags, you know, they'll make it super easy to design one, print one, ship it. It's ready to go for your next festival or rave. And... It's the holiday season, so you're probably looking for a deal. So you use our code BTBPOD for 10% off, and you're going to be very, very happy with the final product. Love the service, love the people there. This is why uh, we just love to plug them. Uh, They're just wonderful people at what they do. Alec, news and culture, let's get into it. I'm very excited to talk to you about this because I feel like there's not enough people talking about what Insomniac Events and Live Nation are getting into next, and... You know, we got to shed some light here, man. So, Vibe. I think that's how you pronounce it. Is it Vibe or Vibe? 
I'm saying vibey because there's two E's. So it's V I B E E. I'm saying vibey. 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 I, 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 I'm okay. You know, if somebody wants to correct me, totally fine. But vibey, started by Insomniac Events and Live Nation, is a destination experience company. Okay. So we've talked about this before. Uh oh. Is this, oh, you're about, to, is this another pollen? So we talked about this before with Paulin, right? The now defunct destination experience company, (laughs) right? Based out of the UK. Um, And so what Paulin would do back then was like, they'd basically get the branding rights of, you know, major festivals or major events. So for instance, Electric Zoo is one of them. They'd get the branding rights and they team up, quote unquote, loosely team up with these festivals and say, hey, you let us use your name, Electric Zoo, whatever. And we'll throw a destination festival using your name. So they had Electric Zoo Cancun, which uh, was supposed to be in December, if I recall correctly, but got canceled. Hopefully people got refunds. I don't know. God, I hope so. I hope so, right? And then basically they would use those names, curate festival lineups, work with the resorts in the Caribbean and put on these events. So Mm. I feel like Insomniac, uh, let me say a Live Nation, because Live Nation is the parent company of Insomniac Events. I feel like Live Nation was like noticing this. They're like, "Oh my god, like people are really attending these destination, you know, people love festival- it. Yeah, they love it. Like people love these these festivals. I know Tiesto's doing one as well. And so, I think Live Nation was experiencing some FOMO and they're like, <laughs> we're, we're seeing how business daddy was like, we're missing out on some income. What's exactly. going on, folks?" Exactly. But, you know, I I feel like, you know, coming back to what Vibe is, it's very similar to what Pollen what Paulin was doing, but Vibe has the the big money backing of Live Nation mm-hmm. and also greater oversight and just sort of like, you know, just more experience in running big events. And I find it very fascinating, my last point on this, Alec, before I toss it over to you, but I find it very interesting that like, it's not super apparent that Vibe is associated with Live Nation. The way yes. that I found that out was like I looked at the the terms and conditions on the on the Vibe website and Live Nation is indeed listed as the parent company. So that's how I put two and two together. Yeah, they're branding it quite separately. Yes. You know, which I think is a very interesting choice. Um but you know, I mean they they have I've seen some recent publicity, probably just as the time of recording, the past couple of days, some big outlets like uh, ADM.com people like that kind of tuning in and, and announcing that there it is a Live Nation slash Insomniac effort. But the the choice to brand it separately, I think, is interesting because if it is a flop, you know, they could probably just kind of like, you know, wash their hands clean of it. But I don't think it's going to be a flop. I really don't. Particularly because I have a feeling they're going to, since they already put on massive shows and events and festivals, right, they're already doing this. I, I think they're going to shift a lot of their focus, at least at the, in the short term, to cultivating additional experiences around the big events they already put on, right? Like the EDC, uh, what are they calling it? It's like, the, you know, they have a ho- the Hilton on the Strip in Las Vegas, right? It's kind of like the Resorts World. E- yeah. Resorts World, exactly. Like that is a very intelligent business move right there, you know? And even and it just pushes a lot of people, like I, I saw on the um, T's and C's for it, you know how it's already sold out, right? Yeah. They all, they, I mean, it's sold out depending on how much they want to sell, but they, they have the people who are going to sign up for Resorts World, they have extra GA and GA plus tickets for them, right? And so it's just another way for them to just kind of hit upon the people that might be thinking about going and then to kind of see 
you know, they may not feel comfortable in the secondary market buying tickets and they're like, oh, you know, it's just too hard to get a ticket. I don't really want to go this year. But lo and behold, you don't even need to think about the logistics of everything. It's like kind of a last minute purchase yep. decision. Exactly. You can go and get that with Insomniac because accommodations alone are a tough thing about EDC Las Vegas, right? You've got to really plan very far in advance. And most people like to go with groups and, and such. So that can be a really difficult thing. Whereas this just makes it a lot easier. Um, and I think a lot of the people are also going to really... Th- this is also, I think, for the people who want the EDC experience, but not necessarily the ones that are going every single day. Because they are also providing opportunities for people to have you know day parties at the uh, Zook. Zook, right? I think that's the one. Yep, uh, they're nightclub. And then, yeah. And then there's another one for like, you know, beach parties. Forgive me, I forget the name off the top of my head. It's just another way to capture more people that might be on the fence of going, but also for the people who do love to go, it's just another way to just involve, get them connected to the EDC and Insomniac brand. So that's how I see them pushing forward in the future. I think they'll open it up to a lot more of their other big festivals, right? I can see things like Beyond Wonderland. You know, there could be a really interesting camping experience I have to do with that, right? So it's just another way to get people more engaged with um, with the brand. And I think that's why they will succeed over somewhere where like a Poland, where they, they, they weren't established already as, you know, throwing massive, huge events with hundreds of thousands of people. Yeah. And I think Insomniac is taking a much smarter approach with it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, one last point I want to make about maybe why Vibe isn't necessarily like tying themselves to Live Nation super closely. I don't know if you've noticed this, but um, I know maybe like a month ago, President Biden did tweet about like his wish to want to sort of get rid of like all these extraneous fees that comes with like ticket buying or like processing mm. fees for like other online services and things of that nature. And recently, Live Nation and Ticketmaster, they're sort of stranglehold right on the on the live event business has really come under fire from from lawmakers and legislators and i feel like oh my god and and across second not just music right i mean we're talking exactly sports get like nfl right exactly all these other things It's, it's massive so now you know with live nation attempting to sort of like expand their sphere of influence into now this destination event business i feel like they're really trying to make a conscious effort to sort of not draw attention to the fact that Vibe is owned by Live Nation as yet another sort of uh, piece of monopolizing this market. I would agree with you. I know it's a slightly cynical view, but it 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 falls in line with their business practices. It does. And like yeah, how yeah. they organize things. I mean, and it's from a business perspective, it is it's pretty smart to do it that way. But I, I, I think you're spot on with that. And real quick before we move on, who would have thought Joe Biden would be the one actually pushing this issue of hidden fees and t- like how did this get to his attention like who who is responsible i want to know Bro. because i don't think i've ever heard of a president talk a president ever talking about this or anyone in a in a high government office dude like, he, like, he is was, this on the briefing like top of the briefing highlighted you know we've got the devils and live nation you know with all these hidden fees like he was probably trying to buy a vip ticket to edc <laughs> vegas and he's checking out and right, he wants the vvip he yeah, wants to I, be in the sky tower whatever they call dropping five hundred thousand. exactly, 000, you exactly. Know, and you know he has to bring all his secret service he has to bring all his homies with him you know what i mean and <laughs> when he gets to the final checkout screen he's like why am i being charged three thousand dollars in service fees right now like what is going on the taxpayers will not be happy about this right he just wanted to rave and he was like oh damn it these fees despite his involvement with the rave act which i know like has come up in like twitter threads and stuff like 
you know, whatever. We're not going to get into it. It's not a political podcast, but um, <laughs> yeah, he, he was, he was try, just trying to check out with his VIP ticket to EDC Vegas, and then he canceled out of the screen because he just didn't want to pay that much in the fees. No. I, I mean, get hey, it. I'm glad. I'm glad he's bringing it to the attention. It's true. I mean, it yeah, really does need to be ridiculous. addressed. It's gotten insane. Dude. Like these digital processing fees. I'm like, are you serious? Dude, it's like, it's, even if it's only a few dollars, I'm like, what? Think about that on, on en masse. Right, how much extra revenue they're gathering? But for absolutely it's not, nothing. It's not just a few dollars, though. It's like an additional forty to fifty percent of the ticket right. price. That, like, that's what I've been seeing recently. Is like forty percent of the ticket price is going towards you know stupid ass fees. Like, yeah, you got taxes and that's normal, but then service charge, facility fee, print at home fee. Why are you charging me a fee if I'm printing this shit at home? It's ridiculous. It's Tell me ridiculous. that. I, I get peeved about these things sometimes. No, well, I think I think we should do a, a segment on that. I think that'd be very interesting yeah, to dive like more into fees? that because because I, I think so because so many people just especially if they're more recent getting into the scene they won't have seen the big difference that there's been in the sure, past ten yeah. years in terms of fees um, and things like that. So we should definitely uh, do that. That'd be an interesting segment Absolutely. to tackle. But but my man, to wrap up the news and culture section this week again, just love that the community is reaching out asking questions you know we had a couple of questions come in over the past weeks and i thought this was a very pertinent very important uh thing to discuss which is a question from our longtime og of the show i mean this, this guy's been following us since season one so what's up to david david he asked us do you wear hearing protection at live shows why or why not samir i think you should kick off the answer with this one first and yeah because uh, i think you've got quite kind of a more personal perspective on this one as well. I personally wear hearing protection at live shows. You know, no matter what the show is, like it could be outdoors where, you know, the sound isn't sort of trapped in uh, and, you know, not sort of bouncing off the walls. It sort of gets spread out or whether it be an indoor show or whether it be a small club, whatever it may be, I'm going to wear hearing protection because at the end of the day, hearing damage is not reversible. Hmm. So as you degrade your hearing levels in your ears that's there's no coming back from that uh tinnitus is also something that i've been reading online that that just sounds like an absolute fucking nightmare and i don't want to deal with that i don't want to deal with that like look am i perfect about it every single time certainly not certainly not but you know i gotta say one thing that i love about raving with alec is that somehow some way he always has an extra pair of earplugs Dude, I, purpose, I, I purposely buy just like I, I swear like I think I have like eight eight pairs of yeah. uh you know eargasms and this is we're not this is not a plug for them yeah. but genuinely I just it's this just the ease of access to them and the good quality um you know earplugs so I will put a non-affiliate link it will be in the show notes Hit for it. that but yeah but I agree like you you have to have uh, hearing protection, you know, it's really, really important. And I think you would agree with me too. Depending on the venue that you go to, sometimes it can make it sound better because it's cutting yes. out too much of the harsh treble. Mm-hmm. Or especially if the if you know we've got a bass happy DJ who's just put the low all the way on the end on his uh, on his CDJs. You know what I mean? Like I've heard that happen before, yep. particularly. And you find this as well, like and, and gents, this isn't just for clubs, okay? I I actually think that a lot of bars you have to wear them Dude, and people yes. don't think about it but especially college 
bars like oh my god dude how many times that like ruckers are like pub who go to the guys just got the the highs and everything cranked up to the max mm-hmm. you could it's just this muffled shit you could barely hear it's screeching but everybody's just dancing in there for hours and hours and hours with no hearing protection and it's like i i go i, I don't even walk in and it's hurting my ears yeah but like you need to wear it in any loud environment absolutely in the long run and and that, that's another thing i want to bring up real quick too is that especially when you live in a major metropolitan area, your surroundings are already quite loud. Like you may not realize it, but you're already sort of experiencing higher than safe listening volumes. Yeah, sound pollution. Sound pollution or just just like unsafe uh, volume levels, whether, you know, there's construction going on nearby or like, for instance, like today, I was, you know, waiting for a train to cross so I could, you know, proceed with my walk. And the, the wheels, the way that they were scraping against the rail... Uh, the, the the train track was just so loud, like it was so piercingly loud. And, you know, it, that's not a sustained volume. But again, if you're constantly surrounded by noise, that's just above what the average should be. And then you go to clubs and then you go to festivals and then you go to raves and you really expose yourself to loud volumes and loud listening levels, you can do irreversible damage to your ears. And I plan on doing this shit. I plan on going to shows for a long fucking time. And I want to still be able to enjoy those shows without worrying about tinnitus or without worrying about you know not being able to you know hear my relatives or friends or family because i've done too much hearing damage well certain relatives it might be better yeah, for that okay. you can't hear them so good that, point. that's where don't get tinnitus just use selective hearing okay you don't need to damage your ears good to point. block out your really annoying aunt um so uh just just remember that kids and ladies and jets uh, absolutely but it, it's it's please just people just just get a pair and use it not the little foam pieces of shit okay don't go to cvs last minute plan out ahead this should be a part of your rave it costs like pack. 20 bucks 20, like 20 bucks 30 bucks. and they're reusable and yes, they're great exactly and, and also like you don't have to be like me but i genuinely it's such an important thing for me because i have quite good hearing and i've really you know as my eyesight degrees i'm like okay i need some of my senses to be operating at an optimum level you know so it's a big thing for me so that's why i always bring extras because they're i I mean i've given random people that i've met who i've seen basically right up at the front they're not doing anything they're like oh i lost mine so i just said screw it i'm like no 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 sir okay you need to have proper hearing protection. It's like you got to look out for each other in the in the community as well. So I'm not saying that you have to because it can get expensive. But if you're like me and it's important to you, help someone out that you think needs some some hearing protection. I love what you said. Look out for each other. You know, it just makes the experience so much better when you go to these live events and everybody cares about each other. Absolutely love it. David, what up to you? Great question. Thanks for writing in, man. EDM champions, if you want to write in a question to us, hit us up on Instagram at btb.pod or our Twitter is at podbtb. And uh, just tweet at us, man. We'd love to hear from you all. Uh, My Twitter is at Samir underscore BTB and Alex is at Alec underscore BTB. But all right, my man. Perfection. Let's move into it. Perfection. Oh, the artists we're watching section where we will put two artists who are incredibly talented, but we think deserve a little bit more of the limelight on your radars and I, i'm frankly I, i'm very happy with both of all i mean i'm always happy yeah you know i mean it's been 156 episodes and it's never difficult to find somebody never who is considered more of an underground it, it's not amazing i mean 
It's truly remarkable. That's it, one of my favorite I, parts about the scene. It's just like there's always something exciting always. happening in the underground. And it just keeps me really like connected and invigorated by what's going on. Like I never lose hope in what's happening in this scene. Well, I, I'm going to have to say, man, uh, I did a cheeky little preview of uh-huh. your selection ahead of time. And I want you to kick it off because I'm obsessed. Yeah, frankly. for like, sure. Obsessed. So who have you got for us? Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, I'm obsessed with her too. Okta. Oct- no. Octo. Octa. So O C T O, one word. O C T A, second word. I wish. I wonder Octo, why. Did, Octa. I'd love to know the the reasoning because it's such a unique name, and it really sticks with you. You know, if you see like that, yeah. it just sticks with you. It's a it's a fascinating name, and you know, you're absolutely right. The name sticks with you because I've seen this name floating around before on social media and various festival lineups, and so I assumed that like she'd probably be too big. Uh, to feature in the artists that were watching section but when i you know explored her profile explored her background a little bit more i was like oh shit like this she's like primo for the artists that were watching section her music is incredibly incredibly fascinating that's what i like about her music is just like you know it's it's not every phrase and every track it's not the same thing you know what i mean like she kind of produced she used to produce under what's called idm intelligent dance music before moving to house music and like 2011 2010-ish and so i love the fusion of like what she learned in idm coming into house music because it keeps these house tracks groovy sexy upbeat a bit of a journey and and that's what i'm really enjoying here so this is octo octa's track find your way home take a listen wonderful exquisite exquisite production it's just the progression in this track i know we didn't play all of it but edm champions go listen to the whole thing it is it's a journey there's just so many different ebbs and flows in this track and that's what i love about it it's got so much depth but it's all cohesive and that's what that's it's just the epitome of creativity yeah what a wonderful wonderful selection i mean just like it it was is the you know there's artists that come along and you know, there's people who kind of improve upon what's being done, right? And there's a great place for them in, in the industry. We always need people kind of, you know, that, that sub-innovation level, right? Taking what's working and just tweaking it, adding yeah. their own little flair to it and improving upon it. But then there's people like this who come and are producing things completely out of left field Word. that work. And uh, she's just got an incredible amount of talent. That's all I have to say. Yeah. It's a wonderful trap she's in her she's in a lane of her own and that's what i really appreciate about her like i would love to see her live just to like really hear oh yeah you know what she's got behind the decks and like just hear her track selection because i haven't really gotten a chance to explore like this flavor of house music before and i'm incredibly intrigued so it's big, just it's interesting it's so it's it's intellectually stimulating almost you know what i mean when you listen to it you're like have to kind of think about it totally which i like 
and it's different and it's very different from the kind of you know broy tech house phase that we're going into so it's rather refreshing so thank you Samir, for did putting you, this on our radar did you just radar. say that we are going into the the broy tech house phase because if we're going into it and no. we still have years no. of this fucking sound dude i, I think, think so. i'm just gonna quit <laughs> raving and electronic music altogether because i can't take this shit dude, anymore it's it's been going on and i think it's just gonna get deeper seriously it's just gonna it's get been going deeper on for too long okay i am <laughs> i'm so over it dude we're now I'm gonna so go into the broy techno phase you know that's what's happening yes about. that you're absolutely right about like the 132 to 135 to 140 BPM to 145 BPM stuff, like I absolutely agree. Like that is going to be the next, that's the, the next that's flavor. The next thing. Yeah, it's, and and it's interesting because it's all the tech house people kind of pushing that. Yeah, Isn't that yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And like you know, there's there's like some 90s and 00s remixes that are coming out in that flavor of techno as well. I think that's really bringing people in, which is a very it's a very fascinating sort of combination. So, you know, I'm, I am excited for the next phase, like the next big phase in dance music, but I'm so over tech house, dude. Like I'm ready to get out of it, you know? <laughs> I'll feel you, man. Yeah. I'll feel you. There are, you know, it's uh, shout out to the people keeping it interesting. It's yeah. not all doom and gloom. Absolutely. There's lots of people keeping it interesting. Absolutely. So keep on doing, uh, doing your thing. And so my pick for this week is yes. someone who uh, is inspired by my kind of late to the party here for my love of Boris Brescia. Um, but this is somebody who, you know, he's, uh, Boris Brescia has done remixes of, and if, if you're able to get a track that you get an official remix from Boris Brescia, That's you're huge. doing things right. You're doing absolutely massive things. But what I really appreciate about the artist that I'm putting on your radar for this week is that he is, it, it's not just living in the shadows of Boris Brescia. It's something that people like him could really look up to because it's, it's a new kind of way into this minimal tech uh house type of sound that he's got going on because the soundscapes he's able to create are just wonderful and, and you just get kind of lost in it and i wish you know if, if we're going to play this track and i will put a disclaimer this is the type of music that is even better live like yeah. when you're seeing it live and being mixed and the dj is able to manipulate different aspects of the sound right so for all the people that you got the high mids and the lows like being and put different effects and filters on it and play around with the track it almost creates a whole another level because there's so many layers to these tracks that sometimes you can't appreciate just from one listen on your headphones or you playing it over the car you just can't so uh if this is in your cup of, your cup of tea when you hear it you know you might think it's a little kind of you know slow just just really pay attention and use that intellect that i know you all have because you're listening to this show so without further wow, thank ado, you Alex. yeah you're, you're very exactly you got it uh ladies and gentlemen edm champions without further ado this is the sound of moritz hofbauer with his track planet f
Hofbauer. I mean, what a regal name. What a regal track uh, just in general. You know, one thing I really appreciate about this song is, you know, you're definitely getting some like that, that sort of like dark melodic house vibe in there. But there's also a lot of symphonic elements in there as well, oh, especially dude. on the breaks. Yes, yes. Just like, so nice. Just like how my artist that I'm watching, you know, Octo Octa kind of has like a journey with her tracks. Moritz Hofbauer, also a very similar thing here as well. There's a journey here. There's a story. Really love like those dark strings coming together in, in the middle of that song and the way everything sort of builds up. I'm, I'm really, really digging this, man. Like, I'm so bummed I missed Boris Brescia with you at the EC Vegas pre-party. I had to work the next day, before, you know, the, the first day of the festival. But, you know, this, this track right here and, and Moritz Hofbauer just in general is going to be really excited about this sound. You know, it's amazing. It's so overlooked, I think, in North American dance circles. You know, places across the world are turned onto it. You know, I mean, Boris Brasher, I think he's got probably one of the biggest followings in all of dance music ever. I mean, yes. people go nuts for his stuff. And I didn't get it until I saw it live. Yeah. Um, and I'm not going to lie. I'm honestly, hands down, I can tell you this honestly, I'm. I would be more excited to see a Moritz Hofbauer set than a Boris Brescia set. <laughs> shit. I kid you okay, not. Yeah. Because the soundscapes that Moritz is able to provide, yeah. he, he centralizes all along this theme, this kind of like space exploration yes. type of theme, this futuristic sci-fi. And I think, you know, Boris can play across the board with different sounds and stuff, but I know if I'm seeing a Moritz Hofbauer, you know, set, it's going to be a show. Like that's going to be really neat. It's going to yeah. be stuff that... It's almost like if you wish the cinematic music that you see on soundtracks had like dance music added to it. Yeah, like that's dude. how I feel yes. like one of his sets would be. It would be a full audio visual experience and journey. So um, I, I hope he has to come over to the US. I really, really do. If not, I'm going to have to go over to Europe or wherever he's touring and go see it because uh, it's going to be amazing. Right on. I'm going to drag you with me. Dude, uh, I'm down. I'm you down. Boy. I know. We got, we got, you gotta, I got to get you into this scene. It's so, it's just, it, it's amazing. You I know. know. It's got it's got everything that you like about techno in terms of getting lost in it, yeah. but with kind of a house philosophy, which is just so fascinating to me. I love that. I love yeah. that. I really, like I said, like I said, I really wish I got a chance to go with you guys to uh, that Boris Brescia pre-party. I know your brother uh, was loving it. Yeah. He had the time of his life, man. He was he was living at large. I can tell you that he was having <laughs> an amazing time. I whenever I'd see him, you know, just kind of sad. I mean, he'd be there just with a huge smile, like big old yeah, smile right on his on, face. He's like, right this on. is amazing. So, yeah, no, he's 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 great. Yeah, I saw Gorgon City with him like a couple of weeks ago. Um, we went to, to go see, uh, we went to Time Warp in New York. I was about uh, to ask you real quick, this coming out, signing off thoughts. How was Time Warp? Dude, fucking awesome. Like, it was so much fun. We went for one of the days out of the two days. Uh, I think I mentioned this on the previous episode of the pod. And uh, it, was, it was just such an amazing production. Like, that's what Time Warp is known for, is the level of production that they bring to these techno shows. Like, there's mm. definitely, like, a time and place for, like, you know, dark warehouses, minimal lighting, just, like, super pumping techno. But sometimes it's also fun to have like a super like incredible yes. audio and visual experience in one warehouse. And that's what that's what um, Time Warp does. And so to see people like um, Anfisa Letiago, who killed it, oh, by the way, I've, heard, I've, Bayer, I've been wanting to see her for so long. Oh, dude, she murdered that shit. Enrico uh, Sugliano, uh, Nicole oh, Mudaber, like to see Oof. all of them just bring in the fucking heat was just it was amazing. And like. The production was well done and like the vibes were just at an all-time high like 
that's one of my favorite parts about going back to New York is just running into like OG people that like I used to rave with. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's so so cool. I yeah. just felt like it was one big happy reunion in an amazing event. So um, yeah, it was a good time, bro. It was a good time. Amazing. But oh no, very sad I missed it. But EDM champions, thank you so much for tuning in for yet another episode of the show. We truly, truly appreciate your support. Um, and just keep on reaching out to us with those great questions and you know, whether it's a more personal note, you want to get to know us a little bit better, you know, please don't hesitate to reach out. But if you have general questions you want us to answer on the show, also reach out to us as well. Right on, right on. All right. See everybody next week for episode 157.